Oh, hi. Welcome in. You're here for the Echoplex Media Broadcast. Oh, great. Me too. Uh, my podcast, the Full Dash Closure Audiobook and Podcast, actually sponsors Echoplex Media. Yeah. We're also on, on podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, you name it. We're, we're on there. Yeah, it's about um, not just the gig economy, but corporate AI and the future of human employment and our economy. Uh, and it's it's really applicable to everybody. I think you'll be fascinated. So check it out. We've actually got uh, 14 episodes now. So um, yeah, yeah, check that out. Let's uh, let's 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 watch Echoplex Media now. Let's see what Dave's up to. I don't know what they're smoking over there at Princeton. The focus on ridicule. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got everything I need. I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Just like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Alright everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree We do the show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific right here on Twitch that's twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Best way to support this project, the Councilman, co-host of uh, Down Ballot, just made the switch, is over at eplex.store. Sign up there. It's just like Patreon, except you get an automatic discount if you're logged in. Anything you buy in our shop. Um, you also, I don't know, you're cool if you do that. Um, you can also support us patreon.com slash echoplex if you're already a patreon user and don't feel like signing up for and keeping track of something new i ain't gonna be too mad also of course direct donations via streamlabs and that's streamlabs.com slash echoplex media i'm producer dave you can find me on grinder and i'm very sorry about what happened here last week 
Uh, I am HK Perrin, and you can find me on Mastodon at hperrin at port87.social. And yeah, that was... Uh, that was that was sudden last week. <laughs> I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> I was like, he's not really, is he? And then he did. Then he did it again. I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, we ended that like, is it, we ended that quick, like if I had a stroke or something, like, <laughs> 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 which I almost did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if anybody wants to know what happened last week, uh, you can check out the uh, episode. I don't know. It's the title of the episode is. In which Michael Shermer repeat like repeatedly says the N word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, we I found something that's probably about as annoying as Michael Shermer, but the odds that anybody's going to drop an N bomb here not zero. This is a Bitcoin conference we're about to be watching here. <laughs> so this is the F- Eric Weinstein. So. Eric Weinstein at first was like talking hell of shit on the Bitcoin people. And then he's like, wait a minute. They all love me. They think I'm a genius. And now he's like a Bitcoin person. <laughs> wait, he's, he's at a Bitcoin conference. Bitcoin 2023, Georgia. I think that is GA. No, so that's just general admission. <laughs> that, that boggles my mind. Uh, day two. I don't know how any of the Bitcoin people had any money left to buy tickets to the conference, but what the fuck ever. <laughs> I just let's 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 let it rip here. Here's uh, somebody introducing Eric Weinstein at a fucking Bitcoin conference. For forever, essentially, they're going to be talking about the Bitcoin white paper, the COVID white paper, and the AI white paper. So I'm really excited for this. So please, can you welcome to the stage Eric Weinstein, mathematician and podcaster. What is Robert the Breedler, AI the white paper? Of the What is Money show. Please welcome them to the stage. I don't know. I bet Eric wrote it. That looks exactly like who I thought was going to be interviewing fucking Eric Weinstein at a Bitcoin conference. I was like, could you, could, <laughs> I was like, I'm like stable diffusion. Could you get me an image of the guy that's going to interview uh, Eric Weinstein at the Bitcoin conference? <laughs> and it just spits out a version of this guy <laughs> for people on the pod. The guy's got a little bit of like a half ponytail, half man bun thing going on, uh, in good shape and wants to make sure you know it by the shirt he's wearing. And, uh, we're in a, I think Bitcoin socks. <laughs> bitcoin socks that, that's what that looks like yeah no I, I i'm not disagreeing with you hey brother hey man good to see you again good to see you again I feel like we do this all the time yeah I think last <laughs> time was in chicago maybe yes yeah and rooftop in la and lots of cool places love it What's so your mind today as we, I guess it was yesterday that we met to talk about what we're going to talk about, and um, one of the things you brought up that I found to be very interesting was this idea that there have been three key white papers in the past, well, I guess since 2008, um, that have really changed the world. The first one's pretty obvious. It is the Bitcoin white paper. There you go. Uh, but perhaps you have kind of some unique views on the Bitcoin white paper before we get into the other two? Sure. So I think one of the things that, for me, is having a background in mathematics and physics about the Bitcoin white paper is if you think about Bitcoin as digital gold, what is gold? Gold is actually mathematically a wave in a substrate. Oh, for no, 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 no. What the fuck? Gold is a kind of matter, Eric. 
<laughs> gold is literally an atom on the periodic table. It is not a kind of wave in a substrate, Eric. <laughs> I suppose if you had a circuit board and you were you were still using like pure gold on the circuit board, the circuit board could be the substrate and you could make a sine wave with the gold to connect the two parts on the circuit board, but that would be wasteful. I mean, like, maybe he means, like, you could define a wave function for for a gold atom, which, sure, you can. But you can define a wave function for literally anything. So saying it's a wave and a substrate is just about the most meaningless thing you could possibly say. We're about That's 30, like saying gold is a thing. We're about 30 seconds into this. <laughs> like, cool. Thanks, Eric. That That was so informative. This, like chat was saying, this has got big. Remember when David Avocado Wolf said cho uh, chocolate is an octave of the sun? <laughs> it's got that kind of energy. <laughs> Hold on. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll explain himself and it will make more sense. And the idea that you've solved the double spin problem translates in physics to a conservation law, right? The, the idea is that something is destroyed here to be created over here and you don't have this ability to, in some sense, increase it. The issue is, is that all of these conservation laws come from symmetry principles. So one thing I would challenge the community is that Satoshi must have created a symmetry principle in order to create a conservation I mean, that's literally, law. like, the, that's, he's just describing the value of anything scarce. Like, if we can't just make more of it out of nothing, then, yeah, that's, that perfectly describes all of those things does it like stop there? you're is he's it he's describing like intel processors for example also perfectly described by the sentence he just said port all of the features of the physical world into the digital layer as satoshi did for this kind of conserved wave you have a token and you may have a series a wave of claims against it from the private keys that are held. And in some sense, try to think about gold and Bitcoin in a single framework where effectively you've created some substrate and some wave for it to be digital gold. And I think that there's a lot of unexplored territory here, but absolutely one of the most brilliant things that's happened in our lifetime, just forget the money aspect. It's simply an incredible, um, intellectual innovation in, in decentralized computing that happens to work great as money uh, or you guys wouldn't be here all these years later with all the attacks against you. So, you know, call the vote. All, all the honor to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So thanks to Eric, we have now determined that Bitcoin is a kind of money. And uh, that gold is a wave on a substrate. <laughs> yeah, he didn't explain that. Well, I think he said the twin, I think he said something about a twin spin problem too during that. And I was hoping he was just going to like bust out turntables instead of talking. <laughs> uh, I think he said double spend, but I oh. prefer your version a lot more. So he wasn't talking about the wheels of steel. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, well, whatever. I bet he's a, I bet he's a train wrecking ass DJ anyway. Yeah. I like <laughs> a description you've shared before is like a bridge between <clears throat> the logical and the physical domain. And that's, pretty important for uh but wait no that's uh, any description that's that's any abstraction of anything physical though that's not that's not that's not brilliant we do it all the time <laughs> we abstract the physical all the time to talk about it 
I feel like I shouldn't even have to say that. Society <laughs> that's moving into the digital age, clearly. Yeah, if it, one advertisement, I wrote an essay on Bitcoin when I didn't buy it in 2010 called uh, Go Virtual Young Man. And we were trying to get prime brokerage uh, and nobody would do prime brokerage for Bitcoin then, so we gave up on the project. Definitely one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Um, but <laughs> He's like, I'm only worth $50 they, million. Dollars. <laughs> they, list, they list him. Uh, they've got his little name down there and the, the uh, title, his like title, and they list him as host, the Portal podcast. I thought that stopped. Not Hasn't only not done one in like two years. Not only did it stop, he put this weird thing up on Twitter about how he needed to get like attorneys so that he could bring the portal back, which I had to assume means that he wanted to sue people like us who were just every time he'd put out an episode, everybody would just make fun of him. <laughs> so I have to because he was like with Internet law and defamation of character and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, you it me. <laughs> you may not know about me, but you figured out enough to block me. Yeah, He's not the host of the portal podcast. Yeah, that that at this point, there's there's no argument you could make that the Portal Podcast is still around. Its latest episode was like two years ago. I think it was more than that, but yeah, yeah, at least two years ago. It should say venture capitalist. I don't even know yep. if he still does that. You can it should say professional dumbass. because that was the hope back in 2010. Now, the second white paper is one you told me about, um, titled. Attention is all you need from 2017. I had never heard of this, but apparently was instrumental in the AI revolution. Okay, so that's what they mean by the AI thing. Uh, Yeah, I I have not read that paper, but I've skimmed the uh, the uh, like summary of it. Uh, And yeah, that's that's a very that is uh, a quite an influential paper that led to essentially stable diffusion and large language models. Uh, not stable diffusion. It led to diffusion models and large language mo- models. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that white paper. It's agree. hard. It's hard. And, but isn't it interesting that you're all talking about chat GPT and how suddenly computers can seemingly do so much of what we thought was I- intrinsically human. Uh, and yet, can I have an honest show of hands? How many of you have never heard of attention is all you need? Just be honest. Isn't that remarkable that we're not sharing what caused that explosion? You're sort of no. It's not remarkable at all that we haven't that we don't uh, we don't that most people don't look at the. <clears throat> by the way, like a white paper is what a white paper means. Just so everybody like my. Just thousand foot, fuck ten thousand foot view on a white paper. A white paper is like an academic paper, except nobody peer reviews it. <laughs> Pretty much, and um, you know, so yeah, most people don't. I don't. I don't know shit about white papers. Most people learn about like the implementation of technology, not like its intellectual heritage. Like that's not even highly technical people don't know most of the intellectual heritage of most of the technology they use on a day to day basis. Because then all they would, otherwise they wouldn't be able to implement the fucking technology. They'd spend all day reading white papers. <laughs> like most people have not read the HTTP spec, but they still use the internet. Wow. Fucking astounding. End of this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, we Jews have a horrible joke. Why did God create the non-Jews? Well, somebody had to pay retail. 
We can't be. Whoa, dude. Don't. Why are you? Why? Why did you? Yo, yikes, dude. We got we got an anti-Semitism from a Jewish guy within the first five minutes of the talk for sure. In the re- <laughs> I can't believe I told that in a mixed audience. I, if I was interviewing him, I would just get up and leave. I'd be like, this is bullshit. Thing is, <laughs> I'd be like, why is that funny? Of you, I don't get it. Uh, thinking about this from a retail perspective, come to the wholesaler, which is reading what changed in the architecture. So this has to do with something called transformers. And there were certain kinds of neural networks that were pretty inefficient and difficult to train. And attention has something to do, if you think about a very long sentence, there are different regions of the sentence. How do those regions fit together and how can you sort of parallelize the training of this artificial mind? The attention is all you need paper came up with a hyper-efficient way of making sure that the different regions got the attention that they needed so that you didn't have a trailing off of interest. And that new architecture started to show us something which I think we haven't really digested, which is very disturbing. We keep talking about AGI, artificial general intelligence. The idea is... Ooh, that, that, was, uh, that was a really bad description of the paper. That's fine. I, 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 since you haven't read it, and I haven't read it, we're going to have to go with his description of the paper, which, which, I I wouldn't, which, would be, which would be funny to find out that he hasn't read it either. <laughs> <laughs> He just knows. I mean, that it doesn't match my understanding of. I, I the doesn't match of the mine paper, either, and it doesn't match the summary of the paper. <laughs> doesn't match mine either, because like you, I haven't read it. Really <laughs> intelligent. The computers are not actually intelligent because you can see all they're doing is some linear algebra, followed by a little bit of nonlinear function theory. So well, all we're doing is doing. putting some lightning in some meat and. Does, does that mean we're not intelligent? I just question that what he just said right there is true, that it's doing linear algebra, then some nonlinear. I forget what he just said. I'm not sure that that's how. I mean, that's kind of it, but that's that's like equating a car to all it's doing is just exploding some stuff. <laughs> right. And then then moving some metal around. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a circular fashion. It's exploding stuff in a linear fashion and then moving some metal in a circular fashion. Yep. That's a car, everybody. There you go. <laughs> like, it's so much more complicated than that. Like, you've reduced it to the point where it's inaccurate. We can't figure out why it looks like us exactly. In other words, we can't go into the neural net and say, oh, well, this part of it is doing this and that is doing that. Well, what's going on is it turns out that most of what we do is not very intelligent. So we had a conceit about ourselves that we're thinking all the time, we're being creative all the time. And in fact, mostly you can finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> right. Mostly you could finish each other's sentences. Like that's not even really finishing someone's sentence because everybody knows what you're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think about somebody that can finish your sentences, they don't say, oh, you're, you're my best friend. You can finish my, you know, that's like the weakest example possible. And I know you said sandwiches, sandwich. but still yeah. like a, actually a real good friend of yours would know that's what you would say, right? Yeah, versus, you're my best friend. You can finish my, and they go sandwich, and I go, that's right, <laughs> right? Because maybe you have a joke between the two of you about how like you ordered a giant sandwich and couldn't finish. There's something, something happened, right? <laughs> something happened with the sandwich. <laughs> something happened with a sandwich that we never talk about.
right? And so the whole idea is, thank you guys for that, I really appreciate it. What's going on is, is that for the most part, we're just doing the same thing we did yesterday. We have the same conversational patterns. And when somebody says something new, we, we tend to call them a grifter. Uh, we tell them that they're uh, an attention hog or they're whoring for clicks, all of these things. Oh boy, oh boy. That's, that's so the, what he's doing is he's heavily implying that everyone else is just copying, but me, I'm the real deal. Right, I'm that, original. That's why they're calling. That's why everyone calls me a grifter all the time. It isn't that I'm a <laughs> <Yeah>. grifter. <laughs> they're just calling me a grifter because I'm, I'm not saying what everyone else is saying. I'm saying brand new things. It's like that meme, right, where it's like Jesus will say something like there, there's a bunch of people and Jesus says, you know, I don't know. Jesus would be like, if you're a DJ, you shouldn't use the sync button. And then it's like they hated Jesus because he told the truth or whatever. And <laughs> he's doing that, right? He's doing that meme that they, they hated Jesus because mm -hmm. he told the truth. But the meme, the point of the meme is like the Jesus isn't really saying anything new. It's something obvious. Like that's what he's doing right here, except he's probably yep. unaware that he's poorly doing that meme. <laughs> also i also i thought one, i just broke one of our rules we're not supposed to describe memes on this channel and especially not on this show and mostly what we want to do is repetitive activity and what this is like masturbation is doing is it's eating our lunch it's correctly figured out that most of what we do is not generally intelligent it's just repetitive and so when you train your children in school what you're really doing is putting them in the crosshairs of artificial intelligence because a computer program spends its time in two separate sections loops. I mean, why is here? Pause it for a second. Why is doing something repetitive the opposite of intelligence? Like science is extremely repetitive. So like, is he saying that? Oh, of course he's saying that he's yes, saying science is not intelligent. That's what he's saying. Right, of course. <laughs> All right. I figured it out. Never mind. The guy who unified <laughs> physics and no one believes because they couldn't like repeat or even really understand his work actually thinks science is too repetitive. HK. <laughs> yep. There you go. Could you, could you have, could you have imagined such a thing? <laughs> this oh, is man. peak Eric Weinstein here, right? Because I don't have to. Yep. <laughs> I don't have to, know, have to know shit about Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, uh, fucking computer programming, fucking physics, fucking human nature, fucking large language. I don't have to know anything about this to make fun of Eric. And I think the less you know about this, the better read you can get on Eric, right? <laughs> yep. It's that only happen once. And if you stop a computer program with a debugger, you'll almost always stop it in a loop. That's where computers spend almost all their time in repetitive behavior. And so but that's the point of the computer. So uh, I don't have to do the repetitive <laughs> task. You dumb motherfucker. Yeah, but like a, a loop. So what is he? What is what exactly is he saying? So <laughs> if computers couldn't loop, they would be. Like if there was no loop in a computer, uh, it would be impossible to program anything. You couldn't even program the ability to just show some text on the screen. Right, because it has to keep showing it. Well, yeah, it, it has to draw the text using loops, and then it has to keep refreshing the screen using loops. Like everything is loops in computers. If you can't have loops... Like, I, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> you know what he really a, hates? A loop it. in a loop is where a computer spends most its time. No, 
It's where a computer spends all its time. You know what he really hates is electronic dance music. <laughs> what we do in school, in general, trains you to do something that a computer will do better than you will. And so think very carefully about what you want to train your children to do. Think about how much of your day is actually spent in non-intelligence. You know, and I met a guy backstage who had an idea about... Something uh, a computer could never do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I want to hear about the guy maybe? that he, he either did or did not meet backstage. Stage, but I, I don't want to train my child to be a model. That sounds creepy. You know, and I met a guy backstage who had an idea about uh, putting Bitcoin in computer hardware so that when you needed to recover the machinery at the end, there was, you know, something that paid for it. And it gave you an incentive not to just throw it in, into the world as trash. And I said, that's genius. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. And I said, no, every act of creation is a violent act, which is difficult to do. So think about what portion of your day you're actually doing something that's never been done, even if it feels minor to you, and take your own genius seriously because we already have every that act of creation. Hold on, is hold on, no, the, the thing, hold on. The thing you said about it, the thing you said to his friend, or his friend told him, or maybe that <clears throat> bold of me to assume that the person he was talking to backstage considers Eric a friend. Eric's like, oh, the guy's <laughs> like, oh, fuck, Eric Weinstein's talking to me. Then he said, oh, well, when you get rid of this thing, it actually spits you out a Bitcoin. We already have that for a can of soda. <laughs> we do yeah california rebate yeah. uh they charge you like five cents for a can for this can i got charged an extra five cents uh and it even says it on the top california crv i would like I'll, I'll go ahead and assume that our audience is familiar with the system that we're talking about this one's the, 10 cents but the problem is the thing that the thing that he described now it's like some cryptographic bullshit on a chip on the computer. And if the computer doesn't work, how the fuck do you get the Bitcoin out of it when you go to recycle it? <laughs> also, why does it need to be a Bitcoin? Because they're at the Bitcoin conference. Like, why can't, why can't the government just be like, hey, bring us your e-waste and we'll, we'll give you 10 cents? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. We already have that system and it's on a can. I don't know why you have to... Why you have to like put it on a chip inside of a computer where if the power supply fails or something or the board fails, now you can't get your fucking Bitcoin. Now the Bitcoin's gone forever. <laughs> you know what, though? It works for the can because the can is actually worth 10 cents, like probably a little more than that, because it is easy to take this can, melt it down and recover all of the aluminum from it. It is much harder to melt a computer down and recover the materials from that. So a computer isn't actually worth like an old PC isn't actually worth anything that the government would be willing to pay right, you the, for. Right. The point, so the, the system the, just won't work. No, the point would be to incentivize you not to put the computer in the landfill. Just like the point of the point of the, the, the charging you five cents at the jump on the can. It isn't necessarily that the work, the can is worth five cents or two cents or 12 cents, right? It's to incentivize you to take the fucking can back and recycle it. But that's the thing. It's easy to recycle a can. It is I'm, not I'm easy you, to recycle it's, it's a computer. I, if, if, we get in, if we get in the weeds on this, I'm just going to end the show. Um, <laughs> what I'm telling you, it's to incentivize a behavior. It isn't about the value of the can. Okay. So if they were to, they could do the same thing with a computer motherboard. They'd just be like, you take a motherboard to a certified recycling center, you get two bucks back. We charge you two bucks more for the motherboard. 
then yeah, they throw it in a landfill somewhere, whatever. Like this thing is good. Yeah. Those and, places and are all we, shady. We don't need to get Bitcoin involved in this transaction at all. But really, what this paper did was allowed us to parallelize things, make it much more efficient, so that you didn't have to have these dependencies. And then Wait, things are now parallel and don't have dependencies. That's what does the paper did do that? This is fucking. Well, I, I, just the the former systems administrator in me right now my fucking there's a blood vessel in my head that's about to pop what we find is that every like parallel come get the fuck out of here can be tokenized and then it's just an input output machine where you say if this is the input what has been the output and you let the thing read some giant corpus of text and so it turns out that that's pretty good to fool us into thinking that we were intelligent all along and the big discovery is mostly we're not what the fuck? I agree that he's not. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't. His, I'm not even sure how he defines intelligence now. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm, I don't want to get too far into it, but I'll just, just if I'm going to be like, oh, if I think somebody's smart, I think it's because I meet them maybe in first impression. They're thinking on their feet. They seem to be able to react to things around them like fairly quickly. They're funny. Maybe they're not racist. Um, you know, they're, <laughs> they got jokes. They, even if they don't understand some of the things that I'm talking about, they seem to be kind of catching on to some of the concepts. Those are all things that those are, we, those are all intangibles. So we don't know if the computer's doing that or not. Yeah. Like large language models are as close as we've ever come to developing a computer that is intelligent, but they're not intelligent. No, you they can just, just tell them over and over and over and over again that they're a duck and eventually they'll believe you. Well, and arguably, that isn't something that an intelligent thing does. Bitcoiners are the best. Uh, aren't there any maxis out here? And by believe you, I mean they'll start saying that they're a duck. They don't actually uh, believe any anything. Any maxis? Bitcoiners are the best. Uh, aren't there any maxis out here? Any maxis? <laughs> maxis he doesn't mean well he means bitcoin maximalist when he says maxis that's what he means he means people i don't even know what the fuck it, it probably just means the most annoying bitcoin person you've ever talked to i don't even know what that is <laughs> maxi pads uh, while we're on the topic of artificial <laughs> maybe he does mean that if we could speculate on the implications of this a bit um what does it mean when we move into a world that all of the professional services that many people are providing today, attorneys, accountants, et cetera, investment bankers, a lot of that appears it will be eaten by this software, right? Yeah. I think AIs are already passing the bar exam, for example. Um, but passing the bar exam, you feed it, you feed the AI the fucking questions of the bar exam over and over and over and over and over and over again, and then it'll pass it eventually. Like, this is dumb. <laughs> so... It actually, it kind of does what you're talking about. Uh, so the, the way you get it to pass the bar exam is you give it essentially like five examples of a question that's similar enough and give it the right answer. And then you ask it the question. And well, if you don't do that, then it doesn't pass the bar exam. Right. But probably, eventually we will get to the point where it does pass the bar exam. Right, but, but the thing is, like, you could, you you could also you could, you, you, you could also train it to just answer all the questions saying I'm a duck quack quack quack. <laughs> but you don't have to be intelligent to pass the bar exam. You have to be knowledgeable to pass the bar exam, and there's a difference, sure. right? 
Yeah. Like, and I, 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 I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know very much about, uh, about AI. Nobody here is an AI expert. And not only including you, there are people on the fucking screen. In fact, I think the fact that the fact that we know that we don't know that much about AI means that we know more about AI than the two people on the fucking screen. Yep. I know the most about AI because I fucking don't know shit about it. What, what's left for humanity? And what, is, that a, is that a net benefit or is that uh, a negative? This is like the most dangerous great question. What's happening is, is that capitalism and communism you thought were rivals and capitalism won and communism lost. But it's really like Thelma and Louise going over the cliff and, you know, the question is... They were communists. Thelma and Louise were comrades. Communism. Whatever's coming next isn't going to be capitalism or communism. And we have to be thinking, as Adam Smith thought, as Hayek thought, as Marx thought, about something new. And some of those things are not going to work. But the key point is... Always machinery and technology. Not capitalism or communism if the robots own everything. ...into higher value activity. But then Eric owns all the robots. Oh, that's just still capitalism. <laughs> well, the high value activities that may be left might be like human touch. You don't want to go to a robot therapist. Maybe you do. Maybe robot therapists are going to be better. But my point would be... Depends on how good they are. This is enough... We get back to where the only work is sex work. I think that'd be great, actually. It'd be great for society. <laughs> break labor markets, for sure. And it's enough to break education. I don't know. We've been trying to make fuckable robots for quite a while. I think we're going to do it. I think that'll actually be, yeah, the human touch thing. They'll nail that down first. I think he's wrong. Yep. He's absolutely wrong. <laughs> absolutely wrong. Fucking the first thing that they're going to fucking make seem exactly for real is going to be fake sex with a real robot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if like every, if like VHS and the internet, basically the two visual mediums, like if VH being able to record and replay stuff back easily, be it VHS or a DVD burner or whatever. And then the internet have taught me anything about, <laughs> about, about things is they'll teach you how to sex it first. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll be for sex first or for yep. some facsimile of sex. Absolutely. He's absolutely wrong. Yeah. The fuck bots are going to be <laughs> fuck bots are going to be way here before like Rosie, the robot from uh, the Jetsons. Right. <laughs> you don't think she was a fuckbot? Oh, you, you um, bold of me to assume, <laughs> bold of me to make assumptions about what she does uh, off camera. Probably enough <laughs> to break certain parts of capitalism. And so, what I'm, what I challenge you guys to do is think about if you weren't hamstrung into these old paradigms. Capitalism versus communism is an old issue. This thing changes labor markets. And you and I have talked, if you have something technical that you call market failure, that used to be a small slice of the pie, and then it suddenly expands to become an enormous slice of the pie, you can't tax the stuff that- Wait, no, it, the market failure is a huge part of the pie. Has this guy ever heard of a restaurant? Like, that is a failure of the market, because, like, like, unless he means, like, the entire market crashing, I don't even know what he's talking about. Me neither. I'm just assuming that he's talking about something rational. Now I'm the dumb. Now I'm the one that's dumb. Now I'm the stupid ass. He's talking about expanding pies. Markets to pay for the small stuff that doesn't. So whatever it is, uh, we need your brains coming up with an entirely new economic system. I don't know its name. Mm. 
But I think that you'll find that my wife has this beautiful thing. She says it is still just communism. Like AI even if we're not the ones doing all the work, it's still just communism or capitalism. Like, hold on. I want to go back to what yeah, his wife says because his wife has been denied the Nobel prize in economics. So coming up with an entirely new economic system. I don't know its name, mm. but I think that you'll find that my wife has this beautiful thing. She says, this is the golden age of AI complementarity where you engineer a prompt, the machine does something, you realize it's not exactly what you want, you go re-engineer the prompt, and the two of you converge. This is when humans and, and machines played chess together. Right. That's a temporary issue. Take the period of time where you have that and try That's to innovate tempor- something. Fuck so that off. Get- That's not a temporary issue. How many times have you, has your boss told you, hey, go do this, and you do it wrong, and you come back and your boss is like, that's not how I meant you to do it. Let me show you. And then your boss shows you. And then you start to do it right. That's not a temporary problem. That's and like, just you not conveying the right thing. And like our interactions. That always with, happens. And our interactions with technology working this way is not a new problem either. We're like, oh, I think if we manipulate this technology this way, it'll give us what we want. And then it doesn't give you exactly what you want. And you're like, well, let's manipulate this piece of technology in another way or in a slightly different way. Oh, that's a little closer to what we want. That's just how you use technology. <laughs> yeah like arguably even if it could read your fucking mind your mind still doesn't know what you want <laughs> you need to see what you don't want to understand what you do want he's just describing trial and error as if it's like an epiphany and we should we should like base our <laughs> base like some new economic model on it my god and he's he's assuming that like in somewhere locked in your mind is exactly what you want and through your barfing out of like the the worst way to describe it, the computer will go, I know what you told me, but that's not what you really want. What you really want is this. That's actually the AI that Eric probably wants. <laughs> Spits out the right answer all the time so that he, uh, no, no, Eric would just retcon that shit and be like, that's exactly what I wanted. See, I'm an AI genius. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that's, that's not just not how computers work. That's not how humans work. But I wouldn't expect him to know that. He is barely human himself. Yeah. Get crushed because K versus L, capital versus labor, is going to get very ambiguous very quickly. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, the third white paper. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, I, I guess I should mention Bitcoin, Bitcoin white paper published 2008, Attention is All You Need published 2017. The third one is the Project Diffuse grant proposal, and this was published in 2018. Um, what, what is this third one all about, Mr. Oh, no, he's going to say that this was about COVID. Weinstein. Oh, boy. Okay. Raise your hand if you've absolutely never had COVID. Most of you guys got taken out. I did. I did. Okay. Well, you didn't get taken out. No. Whether Project Diffuse, run by a hippie charity called the EcoHealth Alliance, practicing something called One Health, um, has something to do with the origin of COVID. Now, I'm not telling you that this white paper actually caused all of you to get sick. I am telling you that it is an incredible coincidence that a group active in Wuhan, China, 
talking about uh, furin cleavage sites in spike protein in bat coronaviruses was proposing something that looks eerily like the coronavirus that was in your child's lungs. Wait, no, why? It, Go ahead. They, there is a laboratory that specifically researches coronaviruses there. And it's because there are a lot of coronaviruses there. It's pretty easy. They only need to drive like, what, like 100 miles to find oh, like yeah, a the, ton of animals with all sorts of different coronaviruses. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't want to get into um, the lab leak theory, but he's saying that there was a white paper and like all of the details that he's given me here, I'm just taking his word for that they're true. Was it in Wuhan? Did it exactly describe the, the, the COVID-19 or is he looking back on it and <clears throat> finding parts of it that he is claiming are describing COVID-19? Because when you, if you look, if you look back on something and you try to, you go through it and you, you try to pull out pieces of it, pieces of something from the past and you're looking for things that correlate with the present or with the, maybe the, the more recent past, you can find them. You know, the Nostra, you know, how they say Nostradamus predicted all this stuff. No, they didn't. These people are just looking, looking through the shit and like, um, fucking fan faking that shit. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're saying, well, this is sort of like this thing. And I think that's probably what he's doing with whatever white paper this is. Also, the fact that like we've had multiple multiple SARS variants break out from the same region, like it is not surprising that another SARS variant broke out from that region. And we were like we had known for a while that it was very possible for a SARS variant to break out from not just that region, but anywhere and spread across the entire human population very quickly. Right. The, we knew that was a possibility. The, the cold does it every year. The common cold does well, that the shit every year. It's not a SARS variant, but yeah. But it's a coronavirus. I mean, cold. it's a, it's close enough. Like, it's a. You know, uh, well, uh, are you thinking I, I, of the I, flu? The uh, flu is, uh, is, is not. an influenza virus. But yeah, the flu does the same thing. Like, new flu viruses pop up and spread throughout humanity. Like this is not a new thing. <clears throat> this is predictable because it happens regularly. And like I was saying, I guarantee like with hindsight, if you are inclined to believe that this white paper was either part of a conspiracy or whatever to, if you're inclined to believe that it predicted COVID-19, you go back and find whatever you want in it. Yep. Because all it has to be is like close enough or even just something that you yourself personally are going to say is close enough. Cause I mean, <clears throat> are we going to, is anyone in this audience, is anyone ever going to go back, sit down with him with the paper and be like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and in his alternative world where we weren't studying this, where we, we just decided, you know what? Coronaviruses, let's just not study them at all. We would have been very ill prepared 
I mean, we were very ill-prepared. We would have been even more ill-prepared for COVID. There are 13 letters in my first and last name. Now, there are four amino acids in the furin cleavage site, each of which requires three nucleotides to code for. Wait, what? Hold on. We got to go. We got to go back to the beginning. This is, is this numerology? In the I think it is. Site, each of which requires three nucleotides. Four amino acid letters in my child's lungs. There are 13 letters in my first and last name. Now, there are four amino acids in the furin cleavage site, each of which requires three nucleotides to code for it in your DNA. That would be 12 letters. So try to imagine that with far less information than is in my name, we shut down planet Earth. What? What the fuck? Uh, there are more uh, nucleotide. Are there? There. There is more to COVID than twelve letters of RNA. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't even have to know anything. Like, <clears throat> we knew more than Eric Weinstein's name, or we <clears throat> public health officials knew more than Eric Weinstein's name before they fucking shut anything down or advise that people stay home. Like whatever, whatever fucking, whatever kind of academic window dressing he's trying to do here. He's based what it, the, 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 the payload of what he's saying is my name is more complicated than the, than the reasons that uh, public health officials issued everything from lockdowns in China to stay at home suggestions in the United States. Like that's the payload. It doesn't like the, the academic window dressing doesn't like interest me that much. He's just saying, oh, that we didn't know. People didn't know shit because it had less nucleotides than letters in my name. And that's stupid. <laughs> uh, there, there is only one kind of pathogen that is only one protein. And it's not viruses. It's prions. And COVID is not a prion. So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. That is the issue of leverage. All three of these white papers, Robert are incredibly high leverage discoveries. And most people cannot imagine a short paper completely transforming planet Earth. But that furin cleavage site is the what? secret to the virality. What, what is he talking about, most people? Well, no, I don't that has I don't happened. Think multiple times before many times before well i think if you believe the great if you believe the great inventor of history theory of history sure it happened but it's not that's not how things happen i'm not talking about like the great inventor or whatever i'm i'm talking about like there have been papers that have essentially taken the research up to that point and culminated it into a breakthrough most of those aren't like white papers Okay, they're not white papers, but That's what he's most of them aren't that long. The spike protein is particularly uh, important, and this tiny region of DNA of of uh, nucleic acid coding was enough to make this thing uh, spread like wildfire. So even if this white paper was not the order, that wasn't enough though. There was more to it than just that. I, I don't. I'm not getting. I will not engage with the science because he's not what I, what he's doing here is this is just straight conspiracism. He's just saying that this paper was the blueprint for the fucking virus in the Wuhan lab. 
That's what he's saying here. It doesn't matter what kind of what kind of science shit he talks. The payload is the same. Fire. So even if this white paper was not the origin of COVID, and even if it came from a pangolin or a wet market or a civet cat or whatever, we now know how little it takes to completely change everything. And if you think about Bitcoin as programming, this is programming in a different language. Mm-hmm. Do you speak Haskell? Do you speak Python? Do you speak nucleic acid? It takes what no. the fuck? No. Yeah, he's just straight up saying that they that the <clears throat> he's like even if it was from a pangolin or a, what do you say a bat or a cat or a, a hat or wait a minute sorry I got I got off on something there. Um, <laughs> he's saying that that somebody who speaks nucleic acid created the fucking virus, right? I think he's saying that, uh, but also it's. They're like mildly analogous, but they're not, they're not analogous. Like writing code and like DNA are very different from each other, like quite different in like how it's done in the functionality and what it's used for. Like there's aside from the fact that they're both made of essentially letters they're not really similar at all. Well, I mean, you could argue that like if, if writing code is similar to DNA and RNA, then writing code is similar to writing a book. Well, it is. You're both just, it's more similar to writing down. a book, more similar to writing a book HK, because the book, the book you have to create and the code you have to create. The DNA was there before yeah, you were. <laughs> the DNA, well, the like, DNA we've not, used, the DNA we've used like symbols from English to, refer to things that already existed there in the DNA yeah. refers to so we're assigning those things whereas if you write code you're actually creating something or if you write a book you're actually creating something unless you're plagiarizing that shit which you know don't do that it's almost no change in nucleic acid what's more we've distributed this platform this corona platform worldwide we've distributed this corona platform worldwide it's like um it's like, do you remember the first time you heard about BitTorrent I do not. Oh, well, you're like, this is like Napster, but it's like you could just get it from anywhere in the world, man. <laughs> We've, we have distributed this Corona platform worldwide. Is he just saying everyone got the virus? Is that what he's saying? Maybe not that everyone got it, but that, that they're, that it's everywhere. Cause okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is everywhere. Okay. Yes. But like, what a weird way to put it. That's because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's why I'm hesitant to get, to try to even engage with the thing that he's pretending is science here, because I too don't know what I'm talking about. So like, but it's, it's like saying we've distributed the herpes platform worldwide because you can find herpes in every population. Like, okay. That's a really weird way to say that herpes is a virus that infects humans. Yes, and coronavirus is a virus that infects humans. Cool. We've settled that. Now stop being so fucking weird, Eric. Yeah, most most uh, human disease that is communicable does not. No, none of it actually respects our national borders. Some of it has a hard time, harder <laughs> yeah. time thriving in certain environments due to like maybe it's a bacteria and it just fucking dies if it's too hot or too cold or whatever. But it's uh, yeah, it's it doesn't like respect our national borders or 
Like it doesn't respect firewalls and shit. I'm very yeah, you're not going to sneeze right on the border and the corona just floats over and goes, oh, I can't, I can't go that way. I got to go back. <laughs> this platform, this corona platform worldwide. I'm very focused on a particular island in the South Atlantic called St. Helena. I don't know if anybody's been to St. Helena, but if, if there was ever a gulch, you should check out St. Helena. It makes a perfect gulch. Hmm? It was COVID free what? because it had a very strong perimeter during this pandemic. But almost nothing escaped. And one of the things that you guys don't understand, people say, are you a Bitcoiner? And I say, well, you guys are a little communistic for me. And you say, well, what do you mean we're communists? Well, you're willing to share an atmosphere with the Wuhan Institute of Virolo Virology, which I'm not. And if you think about all of the way of there, hold on, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, he called Bitcoin communism. Well, he said the Bitcoiners are communistic. He didn't. He said the Bitcoiners are communistic, or at least the the, the caricature of the Bitcoiners. He's made. I don't know, man. This is fucking. This is the dumbest thing. Like, listen, we've listened to Eric Weinstein say a lot of dumb shit over the years. This is fucking like one point five x anything we've ever fucking heard him do. Right. <laughs> I think I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what he meant by that. Bitcoin is a currency. Like that's a, it's and it's about as capitalistic as you can get. If you accept that capitalism is just a Ponzi scheme. Absolutely. Capitalism is just a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> but I don't know, like share an atmosphere with the Wuhan lab. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go do a terrorism? And then all the viruses yeah, escape because I blew the place up. Like, does he mean that like there were white papers about it? Oh, well, that I don't. I think we're what, far away from the white papers here, honestly. Okay. Land might be defensible, but your atmosphere is shared. We are all breathing each other's air. That's terrifying. And my concern is is that this last one was not the Spanish flu. It was not the super deadly pandemic, like the plague that we could have had. But it is a giant warning shot across your bow that you cannot get confirmation as to whether or not the United States government was in some ways active in a biological weapons convention workaround using the National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. If you took out the word allergies, it would be the National Institute of Infectious Disease, and it would be much clearer to you that it probably has something to do with the rules and restrictions we placed on ourselves through the Geneva Convention and through the Biological Weapons Convention. And you'll notice that Anthony Fauci was in the same role for approximately the length of time that J. Edgar Hoover was at FBI. I think <laughs> this guy, he's just all over the place now. He's just he all sounds over like the a, place. He sounds like a mad conspiracy theorist right now this is like alex jones shit but with like a with like yeah. a, just a different tone like literally if we could put this through an ai and have it spit out the exact things he's saying in the in the tone of alex jones you just think this is an episode of Infowars. yep <laughs> you know the fauci was there as long as jager hoover was the, the guy from the fbi yeah that fucking straight up alex jones shit and he's gonna keep going <laughs> we cut him off by the way check this out one of the things that we're in danger of finding out is the truth. We have a lot of very old people, and it's typically thought that they're clinging to power because they're power crazy. And I, I want to throw out a different possibility. Oh, is the, did you know that there's just another person on stage with Eric Weinstein? 
I kind of forgot. I saw him look over. I'm like, what's he looking at? I'm like, oh, there's another dude there. I'm like, man, <laughs> little man buns over there. <laughs> that there are a lot of secrets that are holed up inside of our government. And we yell at people as conspiracy theorists and paranoids and lunatics like you all. <laughs> but not me. Um, and it may be that there are a lot of secrets that are going to change your entire conception of your country, your planet, your world, your safety, and how, what threat your family is under. So Peepaw's got to keep that secret? I don't understand. White papers, we came to this as, I think it was a great call on your part. This is that a white I think paper he's saying we can't behold. trust young people? I, I guess so, but then he also doesn't trust the old people that are like in the scientific establishment either on like different, you remember how he was always talking about that, oh, the establishment, we need to bring in new people. I think he's just mad that he's not in charge of all the secrets. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I lost track of this. I'm having trouble following and I'm not sure if it's possible to follow. A white paper can change everything for the better. The ability to stop sharing. That's good. The question mark floating around behind him is that's a good symbol. I like that one for this. Various other people that I would prefer not to be because we have three things we have to worry about. Radiation travels in the atmosphere. Pathogens travel in the atmosphere and climate. Even though we lie about climate, we still have climate issues. Don't be fooled just because we're lying about it, that it, climate's totally safe. Wait, what? In all of these cases, he's like, what? I don't believe in climate change, but I believe in climate change. What Elon said. Yeah, what exactly did he mean by that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I know what he was like trying. He was uh, like, maybe not even dog whistling, just like, you know, yard duty, like from PE or from a fucking recess time at school whistling at the climate change deniers and then being like, but don't, don't call me a climate change denier. There's something up with the climate. Who knows? <laughs> uh, also, birds fly in the air, so we should be, be scared of birds too. If he would have had a bird poop on him on the way into this convention, he would have been saying that. But then he would have thought <laughs> that it was like the, the, I don't know, that it was a bird from China or some shit. We need to make sure we're diversified. And the communalism of your atmosphere and your oceans is a remnant of your communistic tendencies. If you're willing to accept that, recognize that we may need to spread out and have more spheres, and we have no idea how to do this. Because inside of our solar system, there I do agree that we need more spheres. Possible. The moon, Mars, and this beautiful planet of Earth. Chemical rockets can only reach these. In order to get out of the solar system, you need what? A change in physics. And you're oh, this working. is where he's going to tell you that he did it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, we have launched a man-made object out of the solar system. I mean, it, it kind of depends on where you put the line as out of the solar system because it's it's kind of like saying out of the atmosphere the atmosphere doesn't just abruptly stop it kind of like fades away same with the solar system it kind of well, fades away so we've launched something outside of what most people consider to be the edge of the solar system out of the solar system you need what a change in physics and you're not working on physics, and you're not endowing physics departments. And I came with Avi Loeb last year to talk about this. If you want to stop your communism, you're going to have to come up with a large number of habitable spheres that do not share resources. Because one... What the fuck the is this? Oh, so it's like Peter Thiel's private island that he was going to build out in the Pacific, but actually it's in space. Yeah, I think they made a movie about this. Elysium, I think it's called. 
where all the rich people go and live in space? Proves how vulnerable we are. Is there a white paper? Not going to be the rich people living in space, though. It's going to be the poor people living in space. The rich people will be here on Earth. And the Fearing Cleavage site proves how vulnerable we are. Is there a white paper that changes physical law that stops us believing that we live in space-time, which is merely a map and not the underlying territory? I don't know. But if you guys... Oh, I thought he was going to say it was his fucking geometric unity. Oh, man, Eric, you're disappointing me here. I thought he was going to say that the white paper that that says that we live on on whatever space-time is based on was his geometric unity. But no, he didn't do it. You could have done it, Eric dogs and i, and I want to say this very clearly i'm here this year in part it's smaller we got kicked in the teeth and it's more intense because a lot of the froth got blown off and we have a very strong underlying core so first of all give yourselves a round of applause for appearing here now If you're going to be the big dogs, it's not enough to think about personal freedom. You're going to have to start endowing things. One thing Robert and I did is we went to the University of Chicago to Milton Friedman's old seminar. And what would it mean for the Bitcoiners to start endowing chairs of economics with some direct ability to direct the field? You guys are giving up. Okay, now what the fuck is he talking about? He wants the he wants them to. I I figured it out. He wants the Bitcoiners to try to exercise dominion over the the field of economics via money. Okay, what would that do? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't. I, can you just go buy an economics department with Bitcoin? I. <laughs> 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 you do a DAO for that? Like I don't know, man. which will allow your freedom-based approach to change everything. So what about a white paper, for example, that examines how a small capital outlay could fundamentally shift the entire economics profession towards an understanding that we may need to move away from fiat. And then we were talking about inflation earlier. I think that's another white paper that's probably important that hasn't been written exactly. Yes, yeah, no, a lot of great points there. Um, I bet that guy took a nap during the fucking while Eric was talking. <laughs> took a power nap. So, I think he's saying that the United States needs to move to Bitcoin as its currency. Like, we need to get rid of fiat currency and move to just cryptocurrency. Um, but how would that not have the same problems as the gold standard? Oh, I, at least, I mean, even at least gold exists. I don't know, man. It it just, this is just, I'm just, I'm just wondering what this dude was, what was this dude doing while Eric was giving a speech? That's, that's, I I have to know that. I first like to say we're going to need a new word for this Weinstein brand of libertarianism where we all get our own planet. Uh, That's called, that's that's called Mormonism. You get your own planet (laughs) when you die in Mormonism. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm right. <laughs> I think you are. Level, so <laughs> Is Eric really Mormon? Comes to pass. Um, Sounds crazy, but then again, so does digital gold. Yes, indeed. Before inflation, should we talk about the discovery of the neutron? Because 
Sure. Wait, what? Part of what we're talking about here in these white papers is you said the uh, novel inventions or discoveries or proposals that radically change the world. Chad is, uh, Chad has corrected me. Only men get planets in Mormonism. Uh, points in time. <laughs> and an analogy. Oh, wait, what do the women get? In our preparations for this. I don't know. Probably moons? No, they probably get the, the, I don't even want to, they probably get like the, the pleasure of serving the men on the planet. It was the discovery oh, of neutron. And yeah, how let us you're probably right. Your age. And now, I mean, I guess we could just look at AI as the most recent um, discovery or invention leading us into a potentially unimaginable future. So, uh, and then feel free to segue into inflation whenever you like, okay. but I, I like the, the discovery of the neutron Love story. It. So we discovered the neutron in 1932. I think it was Chadwick. Maybe it had been proposed by Rutherford. And immediately, it sets off an intellectual chain reaction. The neutron leads to a proposal of chain reactions by Lise Meitner, chemist, uh, incredible woman working, I think, in Germany. Enrico Fermi at Chicago comes up with Chicago Pile 1, first controlled nuclear reaction. Oppenheimer takes the ball to the Trinity test. We drop two devices on our enemy in World War II, Japan, uh, pr proving this in the field. And then Teller and Ulam um, come up with the idea that the bomb that we drop in Japan is only the detonator for the mega bomb. Uh, which takes the shockwave and refocuses it and leads not to fission, but to fusion. So within 20 years from 1932 to, I think it's November of 52, with Ivy Mike, the first hydrogen bomb, we become gods, whether we like it or not. We have the power and responsibility of gods. Nobody has ever seen fusion on the surface of a planet before. And suddenly, within living memory... We don't know that. Uh, well, nobody, if you're defining nobody as humans, sure. But like we don't we don't know like we don't know what fucking DJ Bob's alien species did on their planet and didn't do on their planet. <laughs> we don't know what Xenu was fucking with up there thirteen trillion years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's 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 saying that the discovery of the neutron led directly to uh, nuclear bombs. But I don't know if that's like that that's partially true yes the discovery of the neutron was essential to leading to nuclear bombs so if we hadn't discovered the neutron yes we wouldn't have had nuclear bombs but there he's leaving out so much i mean it's not like we went from nothing to neutron to nukes right right he's he's leaving out like it's 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 that the, he's just suffering from like he mentioned like five people or whatever he's suffering from the great person of history thing yeah people knew people were probably positing something similar to a neutron prior to that they just didn't have the word for it and they they didn't quite have everything they needed and then somebody else saw their work and fucking worked on it you know science yeah <laughs> yeah people were sciencing back then yeah they were sciencing off each other and fucking taking somebody else's science and stealing it from them and <laughs> a lot of that yep. but yeah the the my point is like there was a lot more than just that that led to nuclear weapons like nuclear weapons were a culmination of a number of discoveries sure yeah I, but i think where he's going here it's either a 
that uh, the some fucking AI white paper is the neutron and that we're going to travel very quickly into something, or B, he's going to do that thing that him and Peter Thiel do is where they bitch about how there's no technological progress anymore. And I could go either way, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think it could go either way. Yeah, I think you're right. We see something that only happens on the sun happen in the Pacific. That's how fast things move when you have a deep insight. And the idea that you're trapped here and that you think that we'll never get off this planet and do anything really significant within our lifetimes is because you've grown up inside of a stagnation. Your entire lives have oh. basically been in a stagnation. It was, Told you. It was option number two. <laughs> We've, I have content brain. I'm burned out. I've done too many of these. All your memories <laughs> are in a bubble. And I don't know how to say this. Uh, what WTF happened in 1971 is really what WTF happened in the early 70s. And it's not just... You know, it's, you're right. He, I mean, he's right, though. Um, from when I was born in the late 80s to right now, basically nothing has changed. We haven't... We, we've only... Basically, from when you've been born to now we only found like six or seven new ways to obliterate the entire population of the world we didn't and there's no but the thing is we could never go from zero to one <laughs> again right because that's an infinite increase from zero to one you can never you know what i'm saying like but i mean who who would look back on the 80s and think oh that was a different time no one obviously it was exactly the same as it is today we had all the exact same stuff. There's never been any technological progress. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Everybody Just in my lifetime, the internet went from, like, this thing that, like, a couple tech bros had that they would talk to each other on late at night when all the servers were, like, not busy doing government stuff to, like, I have internet in my pocket wherever I go. Like, not just that, too, but, like, Electric cars are a thing again. They weren't in the 80s. We have batteries that can hold like so much more power than they used to in the 80s. Uh, we have like commercial rockets. There are like multiple companies that will fly you to space if you just pay them enough. Yeah, but did like <clears throat> people whose names Eric knows create uh, like uh, ostensibly discover the neutron? <laughs> Did they rediscover the neutron in the 80s? Also, we found a new particle. We found the Higgs boson. Yeah, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't led to a nuclear bomb yet, but that well, was well, a pretty worry, big it, deal. We haven't had enough time to we haven't had enough time yeah. to turn it into a fucking <laughs> doomsday device. If it's if there's a way, <laughs> human beings will find it. Yep. <laughs> it was predicted by Derek DeSola Price. It's a slowdown in the exponential increase in technology and science. And as a result, we don't realize that between 1902 and 1952, that 50-year span is effectively 10,000 years. Things change so much. What? And this span of 50 years, things have been highly stagnant except for a tiny number of areas, digital being one of them. So we do see things like Bitcoin. That seems I mean, to just look at medicine. This the there are diseases that you would get in the 80s that would kill you in a few months. And now you, now you can live with your whole life. Right, this is just wrong. Well, wait, you were living with it your whole life back so, then too. Now you can live with it for many decades, I should say. So the the, the advances the advances haven't been in areas that he th that he believes himself to be an expert in. That's what I think the problem is, right? The advances he wants I'm telling you, he just wants this 
he wants to be a, he wants to be like a lonely inventor in a basement and we've like progressed yep. so far that nobody can be that so he thinks nobody's inventing anything i mean look at the technology and like like music like we have entirely new kinds of music that the technology to make them hadn't been invented in the 80s we have new we have new architecture like we have technology and architecture that did not exist in the 80s we can build bigger better buildings faster we have new technology in regard to like planes trains automobiles we have so much new technology. Wait, what are you talking about? He's everybody, just a what are you talking moron. about? Everybody he wants. He can't a, open his eyes. Oh, uh, uh, okay. What are you talking about? Everybody wants a, a, a brown firebird with a gold uh, bird on the the, the hood and a t top. Still, <laughs> I've been trying to tell that joke for like five minutes, but I couldn't. Couldn't. Every time we <laughs> were both talking at the same time, you just kept going, so I couldn't tell. I was unable to tell that joke. But yeah, he's. He just needs to open his eyes and get his head out of his ass and like look around and see how much technology actually has progressed outside of his little areas. And I love how he calls like digital technology a little area. Like where do you make all his like money? It's basically revolutionized everything. Like how do you make all his money? He works for Peter <laughs> Thiel for fuck's yep. sake. Nap. And more or less since 1945 or 1952, we haven't seen early 20th century events on those scales except for the disaster. Well, how do you see an early 20th century event in the late 20th century? They didn't have enough. Dude, wait a minute. Film. Think of the advancement in film from 1952 just to like 1975 or whatever. Yeah, you don't see a lot of fucking events from the early fucking 20th century. Then after 1952, you see a lot more events, buddy. Just think, think about technologies that have gone obsolete since the thing. You know what I'm saying? Think about think how amazing a video camera would, would have, any kind of like motion picture camera in 1953 or 1954 would have looked to somebody in 1937. Like, he's just wrong in like such a profound way. <laughs> yeah. Things have gone obsolete that they would have burned you at the stake for. Like things have gone obsolete in the like you know in the second period of time that he's talking about that the people in the first period of time would have thought you were a witch for like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like my God, him and Peter uh, Thiel both just have this idea of like that nothing has changed since they were kids, and I don't understand it. I think I think they that they're through it too, right? I think that they have been alive the whole time. I'll try again here. I think that their problem is that they don't think they're going to be the ones in the history books being written down as having invented these things. And they don't like that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think you're right about that. Like, I think that, I think that they're basically mad that like a div more and more different kinds of people are getting basically less credit for more different kinds of inventions as people like learn more about the world around us and about science and engineering we learn that it's well it's probably this idea that thomas edison did all this stuff by him what the, that's crazy thomas edison had a team like these you know what i'm saying like the more we learn that the less the less impact these inventors or these titans of industry are going to have like when we when when we write the history books and i think that's what they don't like is that that they're they don't they don't want to be irrelevant in the history book there is no Oppenheimer yep. because there really was no Oppenheimer in the way that the history was written about Oppenheimer. There were thousands of fucking people whose names you don't know. 
that did the work too. So it's like now everybody knows that and the history books are going to reflect that. And these Titans of industry don't, they probably don't like that because they're worried about their legacy where they, they shouldn't care because they're going to be dead, but they're worried about their legacy. I think and because they're not really going to have one, especially not this guy. <laughs> I know. Right. Host of uh, what was it? Some podcast that hasn't been around in three or four yeah, years. Host, host of the portal. Yep, so I think that's why they think that nothing's happening because we don't have like there's we're not mythologizing the people the people at the top of the the pyramid of folks who created these things. So there must not be anything happening because they're not meeting the inventor of the fucking post-it note or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like that was 3M. Do you know how many people worked on the fucking post-it note when it got invented? <laughs> Like even to just change the wing design of an aircraft, it's like thousands of people. Nobody invented the wing. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it, we can't yep. do it anymore. It doesn't happen like that anymore. They like, but that's, that's, that's why they want to villainize people like Fauci, Bill Gates and uh, George Soros, because they want, they, they want to believe this like mad scientist, like individual person having these impacts on the world. That's why, that's why conspiracism does because they, they conspiracism sort of relies on the great person of history theory in a lot of ways. Mao's great leap forward. So we have a wrong idea about war, about our safety, about what's possible, about how fast things can change. I will point out that there were people who saw action in the Civil War who lived to see Ivy Mike, the first H-bomb in the Pacific. So in some sense, the Civil War was almost a nuclear holocaust. Wait, what? Think about it. It's hard to conceive. No, that, no that's uh, stupid. With respect to inflation and yeah, the monetary what? supply, it's very interesting that at the exact same moment there was a huge spike in M1, there was also a change in the reporting requirements. So if you say, look at this graph, every academic will pack, pat themselves in the back and say, oh, you don't realize there was a discontinuity in the time series that means nothing. Now think about this. That means any time I want to jack up M1, all I have to do is change a reporting requirement and all the academics will pat themselves in the back saying, oh, you can't use that series because of a discontinuity. What the fuck? What's more, what's going to tell the impact of changing no monetary supply? It's the BLS's computation of CPI. And you guys are incentivized to think about, oh, the number was 7.2, 6.8, which is insane. If I said that the temperature in the United States was 68 degrees or 68.25, you'd say, what are you talking about? I want to see a map. It's a field concept. Every meteorol... I, I, I don't need a map when I check the fucking... When I look at my phone, I'm like, is it going to be unbearably hot to the point where I probably will have to push my show back today? I don't need to zoom out on shit. I look at my phone and it's like, it's going to be 90 today. I'm like, HK, we're starting at nine tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, if you live in like... If you if you live in like Japan or something and and you're just wondering like what's the average temperature of the United States right now, you're not going to want a map. Right, and it's yeah, but that but again also like the average temperature of the United States right now would almost be meaningless cuz it's too much land. But yeah. Unless you're wondering Over is it getting hotter is it getting hotter there time, too? Though. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh I was just saying over a broad enough period of time you could extrapolate trends from it. There are reasons to do night. that. And he said, well, it's too complicated to say what it really is, which is a, a, an element of a group. Inflation is a group element. He says, too complicated. I say, it's a field. Well, 
that is it a wave on a substrate? Everybody who watches television meteorology knows. They see maps, they see pressure systems, they see temperatures, and we're all sitting around like absolute morons pretending that this number means something. Well, it does. It's how hot is it going to be tomorrow or how cold is it going to be tomorrow? Like, when was the last time this guy like was anywhere that wasn't climate controlled? <laughs> Probably a while. <laughs> Furthermore, the Bureau of Labor Statistics claims to have moved to a cost of living standard, which is hysterical. That's a very technical concept. It means that you know the tastes of somebody, how much they prefer coffee to tea. And so if they can shift their preferences, you don't need to pay them an, uh, uh, as much in a cost of living adjustment because they are going to shift what they buy. If you're indifferent between beer and wine and the price of wine goes up because of grape harvests, you just buy beer. We don't have to pay you more money. Just buy vodka, Bureau fuck it. Labor statistics does not maintain taste data. This is a giant catastrophic lie that is so big. Within the economic- It's so big, I thought I, I would have thought I told it myself. It's like labor shortages. You've probably read about the labor shortages in technology. There are no labor shortages in market economies. Because Wait, what? supply and demand adjust. I have a Bugatti shortage. Why? Because I don't feel like paying for a Bugatti. Right? <laughs> You'd, that'd be the only cool thing about you is if you had a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> so my point to you all is you're living with absolutely transparent institutional lies, but you're participating in the game every time you try to guess the CPI release. And so, you know what? Fuck this. I can't fucking, we're not going to watch the rest of this during the post game either. This was peak. <laughs> this was like, this was like Eric 2.0. He thinks we haven't made any technological advances in the last fucking little time. Whatever fucking machine is running him is on a whole other fuck some whole other shit right now. <laughs> I mean, just look at the technological advances we've made in the past two years. I, I don't want to get in. We're not getting in the weeds on that. I want to talk about Eric. I want to talk about like, like the advancement of whatever uh, fucking tube machine that has a bunch of like tubes and shit in it uh, that is running Eric. It, it is it is it is on the fritz. At the end there, he just started talking about stuff that I swear he was he's losing his mind. At the end? <laughs> good point <laughs> what do you mean at the end like the, the uh, i, I want to be kind of careful how i say this um because i don't want to say anything like ableist or whatever but i do I, I just wonder if this guy wasn't wealthy like would his family like consider sending him to talk to someone yeah you know what I mean? Like if somebody is wealthy and they're like this, they're eccentric. And that's what people would probably say about uh, Eric. But if he was of a lower socioeconomic class, people would just call him crazy. Yep. I don't like either word. I think eccentric like implies that it's good to go around saying a bunch of bullshit because you're rich. And then the word crazy is kind of, you know, it's ableist in the way that a lot of people use it. And so, like, yeah. I will go with completely detached from reality with an inflated yeah. sense uh, of self. Yeah, I I was about to say, I think a lot of it comes from narcissism. I, I feel like the guy just thinks that he's God's gift to Earth. Right, but he also thinks we should leave the planet <laughs> yeah. through some, I don't know, through some method that he hasn't explained to us, but it has to do with a toilet paper roll.
Spheres. Spheres. He explained it. He said spheres. spheres. Yeah, we need spheres. I mean, that's where we would go would be another place that would more or less be a sphere, I suppose. Not <laughs> too many go. other places to go. Asteroids, they're a little, they're definitely not spheres, but a lot less hospitable run into each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like you jump high enough and you just never come down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so glad we did that. That, that dude is like, that was, I, I didn't. I wasn't ready for that. I mean, we've watched so much Eric Weinstein, but I was not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he told the people in the he audience really to is. come up with something that isn't capitalism and it isn't communism, but to make sure that it puts us on spheres in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need the spheres. That's a very important part. The economic <laughs> system we can figure out later, but that's, let's work on the spheres part. <laughs> This guy doesn't know that like that after like this guy just maybe didn't figure out that when you do a bunch of cocaine, you don't then smoke the hundred dollar bill afterward. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, man, that's fucking insane. I mostly stopped it, though, because I have to pee. So, HK, can you read the show out? All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do this show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash media. If you want to support the show, you can do that on eplex.store. And if you want to check out all our other shows, you can go to echoplexmedia.com. And now here is Boomers by Periscope. And if you're around after the song uh, live, we're going to be doing Red Light.
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.